Welcome to Remnant Radio. Glad to have you listening. We're here to share Jewish testimonies about trusting in Yeshua, also known as Jesus. Our focus is to the Jew first and also the Gentile, because God has not rejected his people and has made the two one new man. Now, here are your hosts for Remnant Radio, Joseph Trocchio and Howard Somerville. Thanks, Eric. That was Eric Harthen, Metro Detroit, voice actor. Well, it's Wednesday, December 5th, 2018, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and I'm Joseph Trocchio here along with Brothers and Messiah Bill Reynolds and Howard Somerville, and we hope to bring you some of the best Jewish testimonies of faith in Yeshua, also known as Jesus. You two guys want to check in? We're checking in. I only heard one voice. Uh, uh, All right. In just a few moments, we will have on the line Jim Jacob from Kansas City, Missouri. But before we get into our interview, we would simply like to say thanks for listening in. And starting tonight, we'll be um, using a new format. In the past, our interviews were edited for clarity and seamless sounding discussion. They were about 45 minutes to an hour in length. But beginning tonight with Jim, testimonies will be unedited and last for about 20 or 30 minutes. We hope this makes things a little bit more real for you, and of course, hopefully impactful. All right, now on to Jim Jacob. Jim uh, has been a senior partner at his law firm since 1979. He's been privileged to represent prominent civic leaders, large U.S. companies, and countless individuals. For many years, Jim has held the highest rating among Um, uh, from Martindale Hubble, a prominent company that evaluates lawyers nationwide. Jim has been admitted to practice law before the United States Supreme Court and and was selected for membership to Outstanding Lawyers of America. Jim has written articles on legal topics for both the Kansas City Star and Missouri Lawyers Weekly. Jim's first book, A Lawyer's Case for God, has received international acclaim and has been translated into three languages. He has also written A Lawyer's Case for Faith and A Lawyer's Case for the Resurrection. Jim and his wife, Kathy, have been married for 37 years and have four children. I connected with Jim on Facebook this past spring, and I asked him recently if he would like to share his testimony. He said yes, so um, I'm going to call him now in just a couple of minutes, and um, as, as he's waiting for... Uh, my phone call in his own personal green room. Hi, Joe. Hey, Jim, how are you? Great, how are you doing? I'm good. Let me just make sure of something here. Hold on a second. Testing. Jim, can you talk? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, I couldn't hear it in my uh, headphones. I couldn't hear you. I have a question. Hey, Jim, this is Howard. Hi, uh, Howard. Um, the At the end, we're going to give the plan of salvation. Jim's going to do that? Yeah. Okay. I, right? Jim, you, you'll share the gospel at the end? Sure, sure. All right, great. Well, I grew up in a secular Jewish home 
uh, and we went through the customs, but it was never really a God-driven home where we worshipped God. But we kind of uh, did went through the the, the uh, motions. We would light the candles on Friday night. Uh, we ate pork, and uh, we would occasionally go to synagogue. We definitely went on the high holy days, which is kind of like a Christian going on Christmas and Easter. And by the time I went away to college, like a lot of college kids, I even abandoned that. And I became convinced that atheism was the way to go. And this was not from any great studying, but um, more from as a default, because that's what everybody else was doing. Um, so I, I stopped even going to synagogue, excuse me, occasionally, and just went about trying to run my own life, make my own decisions, analyze, fret, uh, trust myself and no one else, uh, and that sort of thing. But I kept, the Lord kept putting loving Christians in my life all the way back to high school. And my high school was probably 95% Jewish. And uh, so there, it was amazing that I ran across the Christians, and, but I did. And then I back between college and law school, I backpacked around Europe and a cheap place. It was the $10 a day plan and a cheap place to stay was youth hostels. And sometimes they were Christian youth hostels. And I just remember being drawn to the peace and joy that these Christians had in their life and the peace, even though they, you know, they were very poor and I was going to be a lawyer and from an upper-middle-class family, they seem to have more joy and peace than me with virtually nothing but the, the shirt on their back. Um, and then I went to the Vatican, uh, and I remember going there for the sculpture and for the beautiful art and the sanctuary, the, the basilica, and I was blown away. And I went into this prayer room where you couldn't talk. It was 24 hours a day. I guess if it was open 24 hours, but it was constant prayer. I remember walking in there and being engulfed with this peace uh, in the room. And then since I was saving money as I was walking around the, the basilica, they had these little rooms that would give you a tour of the um, sanctuary, tell you what this stained glass window meant, uh, what, what the history of it was, what that statue was about. And I had never splurged for that in the other churches I went to as I backpacked around Europe. But here I thought, this is the Vatican. I need to do it. So I saw a little door that said English. You know, they had English, French, German, Spanish. And I opened it. But it, I was so unaware of what a church was like that it, now that I look back, I've been back to the Vatican and seen it. It was clearly a confessional. <laughs> so I walked in. I opened the door. And there I saw this guy kneeling, you know, humbly, you know, uh, going through some anguish. And the priest sitting there, um, and I and I and he kind of said, "Close the door." So I did, and I sat there, and I went, "Oh my goodness!" You know, this wasn't a conscious level, but I remember going, "Oh my goodness, what a place to do something stupid like that—the ultimate house of God." <laughs> so even though I didn't believe in God, you know, I thought, "Well, but what if I'm?" I, I didn't consciously go, "What if I'm wrong?" But I knew I had to hang around and apologize to this priest. So I waited, whatever it was, five or ten minutes, so the priest came out, and um, he, uh, I said, I'm really sorry, and you know, I forgot exactly what I said, but I remember he very peacefully 
and Godly said, no harm done, son. And that just kind of resonated with me that he, here I had made this horrible mistake, interrupted a confession of all things. I'm going to look back on it and I realize how, how disruptive it must have been. And uh, it, it, it stuck with me. <laughs> and also I remember I backpacked uh, all around Europe taking trains and buses, and I could sojourn through the foreign languages and figure out the bus schedule and the train schedule and get to where I had to go. But on my way to Europe, from LaGuardia Airport to Kennedy, I couldn't figure out for the <laughs> life of me how to get how to, how to follow the the how to get there. So I decided, okay, I'm going to spring for a taxi. And a priest uh, was taking the taxi too, and we decided we could ride together and save a few bucks. And uh, <laughs> I remember he said something to me that at the time didn't resonate with me, but now does. It was to the effect of, "You look lost, son. Let <laughs> me show you the way." Wow. <laughs> I had a beard and a backpack, and it was you know the early '70s, so I was a hippie wannabe. But I just remember he was very kind and loving. So mm. all these Christians along the way provoked me to want what they had and provoked me to jealousy. <laughs> Interesting. So then I met my now wife, who was Catholic, and honestly, I didn't know the difference between a Catholic and a Protestant. I had, I was, I remember one time having to ask the dis difference between a priest and a pastor. I had no clue, but I did know that her family was filled with love, filled with joy, uh, and just welcomed me. None of them, only one person really ever preached the gospel strongly to me, and it kind of went in one ear and out the other. But I remember saying to my wife, after we became husband and wife, I, I wish that stuff worked for me, but it doesn't. So I was always very provoked to have the peace and joy they had, but it it didn't work because I didn't believe. So then one day my wife was searching, and I was Jewish, obviously, and she was Catholic. We actually had a priest and a rabbi do our wedding. It was quite memorable for a lot of people. Um, but um, she was doing some searching because she kind of got born again uh, at our son's, our infant son's Catholic baptism on the way over there. Uh, one of her sisters kind of witness to her, and she became a born-again believer. So she had been praying for me in this Catholic prayer group. I always say I'm a pop, a product of prayer, because these women all got together and prayed for their husbands for different things, and every one of the women's prayers got answered, including my wife's, where she was praying for my salvation. Hmm. So she one day found um, this Messianic congregation that was opening in our town of Kansas City, and she showed me the flyer. It was like their, their, their open house for their first gathering. And it said, Jews and Christians worshiping together. And I thought, what a great idea. What a great solution to our problem. Mm. So, so I wanted to go. And the minute I walked in, I felt that same peace I felt in that Vatican prayer room. I felt the love of the believers. And I was very blessed to, to be there. And on the way home, my wife said, so what do you think? Do you want to go back? And I said, yeah, I think I would like to go back. I enjoyed that. And she started weeping, and I had no idea why she was weeping. So then one night, they played a Rose Price video. Uh, it was on Holocaust Remembrance Day. Rose Price was a Jewish Holocaust survivor who um, accepted the Lord. 
Uh, and after she got released from the concentration camps, she had had multiple, multiple surgeries. I think it's like 15. Um, after she became a believer, her surgeries stopped. She, she no longer needed them, and she was this loving person like these other loving people the Lord seemed to have placed in my life. So the rabbi always had a altar call every night, and my wife wasn't home, wasn't with us that night because my daughter, who was very young, was, was home ill, and he had an altar call at the end of that video, and he goes, who wants to accept or let Yeshua, Jesus, into their heart? So since I had been provoked to jealousy, and I was a lawyer, I analyzed the words, and it wasn't I'm accepting Yeshua, I want to let him in my heart. So I raised my hand. Mm. Nothing happened, no bolts of lightning, no parting of the Red Sea, but the rabbi's wife called my wife and said, you hear Jim got saved tonight? So she turned to me, my wife said, honey, you didn't tell me you got saved tonight? And I said, I didn't get saved. I said, I want to accept let Yeshua into my heart. Um, but I didn't, but so I didn't think anything had happened. But the next day, I used to curse quite well. <laughs> you can do it quite well. Um, and but the next day, kind of like Jim Carrey in the movie Liar Liar, mm. without the convulsions, I couldn't curse. I had no desire. I could have cursed, but I had no desire to stop cursing. But I was convicted, and the words would come to my lips, and I, I, did, I did not want to utter them. And I still didn't connect the dots, that this was because I had turned to the Lord, and his mm. word promises, if you turn to me, I will, I will, gre- I will meet you. Uh, he's a gentleman. He has to be, um, mm. you, have to want, you have to ask him if you can come in, and he will let you in, but he's not going to force you in. So... Um, I kept going to services and enjoying it and liking the music and liking the fellowship and learning a lot from the teachings. And I remember someone showed me Isaiah 53, uh, which I thought was clearly from the New Covenant. It had to be, and it wasn't. And it's basically Yeshua, Jesus, in um, uh, in the Old Covenant. So, as, in fact, in one of my books, I, I, there's an argument that it's Israel. I do an analysis mm-hmm. that, that shows there's no way on the planet it's, it's Israel. And in fact, I do a, a chapter or two on um, showing Yeshua, Jesus, throughout the Old Covenant. Uh, he ate lunch with Abraham in Genesis 18. He was, let us make man in our image. The us is, is God and his son. Um, so uh, anyway, we kept, then the rabbi decided he was going to have a baptism. It was a, a mikvah, a tevilah, the Hebrew words, and I signed up for it. I thought, this will be cool. This will be just another thing in the process. This is fun. And on the way over, my wife said, do you realize you're going to have to um, publicly proclaim your faith in Yeshua? And I said, I am? I didn't know that. And she goes, yeah. So we got, I remember vividly, there was a gravel parking lot. We were right by a pond. And I got out of the car, and I paced back and forth and said, can I do this? I mean, I've seen all these things happen, and I, I paced for several minutes, and I finally said, I can do that. He has touched my heart. He has changed my life. I have seen all this, so I can. And I got baptized, and that's the day I would say I probably actually became a believer, and my life has been gradually and continually transformed and changed. He's still got a lot of work to do. 
He's got a lot of traits that um, my family members could tell you about he's got to work on, but he can handle it. He's, he's, he's large enough for the task, and then um, it, it, or great enough for the task. I became so passionate with my faith, I would witness to people all the time. And I finally decided an efficient way to witness and to make them remember it and so they can go home, and when they're telling their spouse or whoever they have something to go with them, is to write a book that explains the logical evidence that God exists, the Bible's true, and Yeshua is the Messiah. So I wrote my first book, which is can be read for free on my website, jimjacobbooks.com. It's out in four languages. But one day, my daughter said to me, Dad, you know, your book's really good. But your problem is, or the problem with the book is, that it proves the Bible with the Bible. It proves the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies with the New Testament writings. And uh, that's, some people aren't going to buy that. I said, well, in the third chapter, I give the compelling evidence that the Bible's true, that it's historically accurate and reliable. And she said, well, that's true, but everybody isn't going to necessarily believe that. So she said, you need to come up with historical evidence for it outside the Bible. And I said, well, there isn't much. And she said, yes, there is. And she came back, she Googled and found like 20 quotes from secular historians, undeniably showing that Yeshua Jesus lived, Mm -hmm. that he was crucified, and then some that he was resurrected. Obviously, when you get to the resurrection part, you get less historians, but there were from Jewish sources, from the Talmud, different places. So I started to write my second and third book that gives the historical the historical evidence for the resurrection. So that brings me to today. They came out in 2016. <laughs> uh, and it, actually, I just learned, uh, what's today? I just learned a couple days ago, the, 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 a lawyer's case for the resurrection had been translated into Hebrew. I didn't mm-hmm. know this from the distributor. It was doing so well. He sent me a report. I was very pleased with how well it's doing. And he said, and we got the Russian version about done. So the Russian version really kind of touches my heart because I'm from, my, my ancestors are from Russia. So for it to be in my quote unquote sort of native tongue, even though I don't speak a word of Russian, is kind of touching as is the Hebrew. So that kind of brings us to where we are. Wow, it's. Uh, I made a couple notes. Howard, do you get any? Yeah, I, I have a, a question, uh, Jim. I, uh, obviously, you're an attorney. How much opportunity do you get to share Christ in the attorney world? All the time, and I'll tell you why. Because um, you you deal with clients. I do litigation. First of all, I have all my books in my waiting room that we give away to everybody for free. Uh, anybody who wants them, and I rarely meet with a client, but that I don't offer them one, and it's rare that one of them doesn't take it. Also, you get many opportunities as a lawyer to take the high road or the low road. Uh, you know, people tend to want to lie to get what they want, and I won't let them. <laughs> uh, I'll tell them the importance of so we can lose. You know, but it's be- better we tell the truth. Um, we, I've even prayed with clients before important meetings and hearings. Um, so to answer your question all That's the time, awesome. and you have the stature of a lawyer to be, have some credibility. Plus you're a lawyer they've chosen 
so they obviously like and trust. So uh, it's it's. Uh, I had one client get a bunch of books to give away for Christmas presents. So it's been a real delight to to get to do it and share it in my practice. God's put you in an amazing position. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was. I, sometimes I wish I was in full time ministry, but I am in mm-hmm. the work in the workplace. Um, I probably wouldn't be the world's greatest pastor, or you know what. Um, I, I preach a few times a year, and I enjoy it, but I don't think I could come up with a sermon every weekend. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I get to do it all the time, and it's, it's 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 a great joy and privilege, and it's obviously very near and dear to my heart and very important. Wow, uh, you mentioned a, a couple things. Um, I read. Um, I read your testimony, and you mentioned a couple of things that I don't think are in the in your written testimony that were kind of cool. So, um, but you mentioned chapter three of a book um, where you um, show that the Bible is true from a historical perspective out, outside of Scripture. Which which of the books is that? Is that the, well? That is that one is not outside of Scripture. That's within Scripture, but that's a lawyer's case for God. That's my first book. A lawyer's case for his faith has it um, better. There's a chapter on is the Old Testament historically reliable, mm. and is the New Testament historically reliable. So it's in a lawyer's case for God and a lawyer's case for his faith um, that shows the historical reliability of both the Old and the New Covenant. Got it. Got it. Um... And, and basically, if I could, the, the um, simple argument besides things being validated in secular books is the prophecies that have come true hundreds of them it validates it the scientific foreknowledge of things uh, the bible knew about the world before scientists did like uh, air has weight water evaporates germs cause disease the earth is round um just you know the list goes on and on um, uh, and then the uh, third one is the archaeological evidence, how there's been a ton of archaeological evidence that's been discovered to confirm the Bible, and not one speck has ever refuted it. As the expression goes, the deeper, deeper they dig, the more evidence they find that it's true. And frankly, the same is true with science. The more scientifically knowledgeable we become, for example, discovering the Big Bang shows that the universe had a beginning a starting point. There's a guy, Gerald Schrader, who is, I believe he's an Orthodox Jew. He's not a believer in Yeshua yet, and he's some high-level scientist. He shows that the order of things coming into the universe, of uh, plant life, humans, animals, the, 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 the planets, is the exact same order as the book of Genesis, six-day order of creation. He doesn't say it's six days, but that, he's, he, he's an old-earth person. But he shows it's the same order, and I discussed that in my Facebook as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, the resurrection. Um, I, I when I first became a believer, I heard of uh, who moved the stone, and I was yeah. I, I was just yeah. a, a new believer, and uh, I was reading that, and it just kind of like, oh man, this is a little bit too much for me, and I just I never went back to it. And reading your um, you know your book, it really. It was time for me to get a, a good understanding of things. It was it was really well done. So thanks Thank for you. doing that. Yeah, Thank you. yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. 
Um, Howard, you got... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, the reaction of your family, uh, going back to when you came to Christ, was it positive, negative? Uh, did it hamper relationships, or, or exactly what happened? It was pretty negative. It hampered relationships, but it's working out okay. Good. Um, Good. My mother, who's now 95 years old, mm. um, has... has She's very uh, much admires our kids, and she says, I think it's that Messianic Judaism. She doesn't give God or Yeshua the glory, but she recognizes that. But she always says, I wish you'd become Catholic instead of Messianic. You know, at least then she she almost thinks like it's being a traitor. Um, But it's caused quite a bit of friction. Uh, I don't think any of my siblings have read my books. Um, They're really not that interested. There's been... There's been quite a bit of friction along the way, but um, nothing that prayer can't uh, overcome, play a role in overcoming. Amen. You know, it's uh, it's really, <clears throat> I've said this before, um, the, the whole struggle with coming to faith, for a Jewish person coming to faith, is... Um, it's just got to be. It's got to be just awful. Just the whole thing has just got to be awful. And um, when a Jewish believer comes to faith, it is a that is a big deal. It is a big deal. I love it. I, I love it. I'm encouraged. And uh, well, thank you. I, yeah, yeah. I I just um, it, it just. I think I mentioned to you when I was when we were talking on the phone the other day, because I had this. Not a real struggle, but a, a nagging um, uh, thoughts about, you know, what is the problem here? This is a kind of a simple thing. I came to faith and, you know, and um, I always wonder, maybe I'm getting something wrong. Maybe maybe the, 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 the rabbis have got something that, that I don't know, I haven't realized. And it, I went back and forth. Not, it wasn't a real war, but it was enough. And um, um, since I took a more serious interest in the Messianic Jewish community about six years ago, uh, oh my gosh, it's, the world has just opened up. It's beautiful. It's it just incredible. And um, I'm grateful. I, I, I just I love talking with Jewish believers. Uh, I'm so, I, 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 I just feel like I am um, I'm getting all the things that I've always wanted to know. And I'm... Uh, I'm receiving some great instruction. So, thanks again. Thanks again. Well, thank the Lord. But I would say too, anytime someone may be struggling with their faith, to just remember one time when God touched you, when He healed you, when He miraculously put somebody in your life, to just recall that and realize there's far more evidence. On our side, the, the skeptics and non-believers have far bigger hurdles to overcome than we do. Uh, I'd rather be arguing our side than their side in a court of law. Um, I don't know how much time we have. I wanted to share two quick sure, things absolutely. if I could. There's one amazing thing that blows my mind that I didn't come up with. But if you take the descendants from Adam to Noah and you line them up vertically, and those are Hebrew names. And if you translate them into English and you read it vertically, it's the gospel message. 
It's man appointed mortal, the blessed God shall come down, his death shall, br- shall bring the despairing comfort, which just blows my mind. That mm. You talk about the fingerprints of God. And then in, in a court of law, the most compelling evidence is evidence from an adverse witness, somebody who's opposed to you. In a political sense, it would be having a Democrat support a Republican type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in, in the Jewish literature, the Talmud and books of that sort, um, they have the, these three stories of 40 years of miracles. On Yom Kippur, we do sacri- animal, the Jewish people did animal sacrifices in the temple. Yeshua died in approximately 30 A.D. Uh, the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., so you had 40 years after his death, approximately, for the sacrifices to continue. And there would be a sign from God, either with a scarlet thread or urns that were drawn, or lots that were drawn from urns. And for 40 consecutive years after Yeshua's death, the sacrifices to God were not acceptable to God. The scarlet thread did not turn white. The For the scapegoat lot from the urns was drawn instead of for God, because God was rejecting Mm. animal sacrifice. And the reason he was rejecting it is because there had been a substitute animal sacrifice in the form of Yeshua. That, to me, and there's also the the, uh, temple gates, temple doors stayed open for 40 nights for 40, I'm sorry, every night for 40 years. Now, (laughs) that's from Jewish sources Mm -hmm. documenting this, and there's no explanation for that to me other than that Yeshua was he replaced that animal's Yom Kippur sacrifice. And it kind of blows my mind to think, it, it, think it about really the is. magnificence of that. It, it really is. I, You know, um, gosh, I, I, could, I, I could pick at your brain and talk with you all night about this. This is just, this is really good stuff. Um, what, what can you, um, can you just simply share... Uh, maybe some encouraging words for Jewish listeners uh, or any listeners. Um, just maybe the simplicity of, of placing simple faith in Jesus like you did um, and then kind of gradually grew in your faith. Like you did some things that were, you, you didn't even know what you were doing, but you were you were doing something. You were moving toward the Lord and he was moving toward you. Can you give some encouraging words, bro, and, and how... Uh, someone um, can maybe just start moving in that direction? Well, as a believer, I would tell you if you're a Jewish believer or even a a Gentile believer, uh, and you're praying for a loved one to trust and have faith. People prayed for me for years. Um, I know many people who prayed for a parent or whatever for years, just Pray and trust the Lord and be a good son, be a good daughter, be a good spouse, be a good parent, and that love of the Lord will shine through, and there's no other source for that that love. Uh, Yeshua tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Well, that's, like, impossible to do. I, I will help my kids, you know, with baseball practice and to go to college and things like that. I'm, I'm not likely to send my neighbor's kid to college. So it's really hard to do, but with the Lord's love, we can shovel our neighbor's driveway, bring them food, do acts of kindness with a sincere heart 
And I think that will draw them. And for the Jewish people who don't yet know the Messiah, I would tell you, surrender. Say, Lord, if you are real, let me know. Send people in my life. Make it be known to me. Read the Word of God. And as I'm reading it, Lord, help me see what you're saying here. Help me see Yeshua Jesus in the Old Testament. Help me see the love of God and his sacrifice in the New Covenant. And I believe the Lord will answer your prayer if you said it, if you, you know, we're told to make teshuva, to turn, to repent, to turn from our ways and say, Lord, I've been trying it in my own strength for years, and this life thing is very hard. Lord, I surrender my life to you, and I trust you with it, and I ask you to be Lord of my life, you to take over the steering wheel, and uh, I want to go along with you where you take me. And I believe if you surrender like that, either in dreams and visions, people he puts in your life, things you may get in the mail or watch on TV accidentally or listen to on the radio, will be valid, uh, validation and confirmation that he is indeed um, speaking to you and letting it be known with his still small voice and with his gentle love. Amen, amen. Hey, you know, I know you mentioned it a little earlier, Jim, but... If someone wanted to maybe get a hold of your books, or I, I don't know if you have the ability for someone to, to uh, email you a question or something like that, how, how would they go about doing that? They can go to my website, uh, Jim Jacob, J A C O B, books with an S, dot com, and it's Jacob without an S, Jim Jacob books dot com, and all of my books are there to be read for free online. Uh, if you want to purchase one, they're very reasonably priced. If you want to purchase them in bulk for Christmas gifts, then you could email me or something. We have bulk pricing. I didn't write these books to make money at all. I'm just uh, so, and you would email me at jim at jimjacobbooks.com if you want to know about the bulk pricing, or I think there's a contact us link on the website. Um, there's an interview. I got interviewed by Daystar TV twice. It's on the website, which gives a little bit of um, uh, inside, a very brief overview of some of the stuff we've been talking about. Um, so that's how they were doing. I hope that answers your question. All right. Okay. God, God bless you, Jim. Hold, I, hold on one sec. Hold on one second. Okay. That's from. Uh, from our uh, audience, Billy Reynolds. Billy said, uh, uh, we'd love to have you come back at another time and we can maybe uh, in more detail have you talk about uh, the books and maybe share some of the yeah. some of the great stuff you've done in them. Would you be willing to do that? I hate to put you on the spot like this, but uh, i got to go for it. No, I would be glad to. It's my joy. It's one thing I love to do. May I close with the ironic benediction? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And the, and the gospel, too, just kind sure. of, um, uh, you know, do it. So go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Jim. I'm sorry. All right. I'll say it in Hebrew, and then I'll give the translation. This is the ironic benediction found in the Tanakh, the Old Testament. Yivarecha kadadai v'yishmarecha, ya'er adonai panavelecha v'chunecha, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, the light of the world. And I would just pray that anybody out there listening, um, if they would just close their eyes and say, Lord, if you are real, I want to know. Lord, I want to let you into my life. Please enter my life. I surrender and have your way with my life. I just ask that people pray that with me right now. And that, um, like with me, there weren't bolts of lightning. Don't go, well, that didn't work because, you know, the Red Sea's not having parted again. Just trust the Lord. And in the days ahead, I believe if you do that with a sincere heart, he will meet you in his perfect timing and in his perfect place. And your life will be transformed. And you'll go, how did I ever live otherwise? This is so much better and so much more joyful and so much more peaceful and so much more loving. And I, I just feel so blessed. Amen. 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 Jim, God bless you. God bless you today and tomorrow and your family and your friends, your business, your ministry, everything. May you be blessed. I'm so grateful that we've connected. And uh, I love your spirit and your attitude. And, and Live as well as in writing, it's, uh, it, you've really been a blessing. This is great. Um, thanks. So what we're going to do is um, maybe within a few days we'll get it uploaded. It'll be on the website. And then it will automatically go to iTunes. And I'll let you know. Um, I'll use some of your um, information, um, you know, from your writings and from the website, and I'll just kind of do a little brief bio, and uh, um, you'll you'll be able to see that, and you can share it with friends and um, let others know that we would love to to talk with other Jewish believers also. So um, that's what this is all about, and um, we'll we'll keep you updated. And I may um, post it on my my uh, book website or on Facebook. I presume that's okay, the link to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, happy rebirthday, 30. That's quite a good number. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is a good number. One day I'll have to tell you my story. It's bizarre. Just incredible. Um, I would look forward to it. I I've got to put were in, in my town. We could go have coffee and all that. And, but uh, maybe someday. Yeah, Rodney, someday. Well, well, maybe you guys can meet halfway. No, yeah, something, something I forgot like where that. you are, Joe. Where are you? We're in Michigan, just outside of Detroit. Well, maybe in the summer. I'll get up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, brother. God bless you again. God bless you both. Um, and I will talk with you soon. All right. Okay. All right, man. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay, Signing thanks. off.